Whoever we're dealing with here, let's just say he's given Chuck Bronson a run for his money. He's killed three people in three hours. He's on a spree. He isn't going to stop unless we stop him. If you see anyone out there who looks suspicious, bring him in. And I wouldn't get too close to this guy. He's ripping people apart with his bare hands. All right, that's it. All right, well, okay. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. This, it's not 2023 yet, but when this comes out, it's going to be the first episode of 2023. And we just published episode 20. I know. So this is going to be episode number, probably not 21, because there's going to be a book talk with Kate, um, which is finished and in editing. It's on the editing, on the editing queue right now. So this will be episode number 22, which is a Forever Night episode. Uh, We're going to be talking about season one, episode nine. No. I just blanked. My mind can't went, be episode nine My already. mind went, poof, poof, and there it went. Hold up. Episode number 10, in fact. Episode 10 of Forever Night? Yeah. Wow. Feels like episode 100. <laughs> <laughs> Did we skip nine? Episode nine? What was episode nine? Season one, Forever because we just did cherry blossoms. Right. Number nine is I Will Repay. Yeah, we're episode nine. Forever Night Wiki, you had it incorrect. Maybe it's a difference between the intended watch order versus the aired watch order. It's possible. But this is I Will Repay. Not as Amazon bills it, I Will Replay. Because... We probably won't be replaying this one. Well, I've watched this one a couple of times, obviously. I was just trying to make a pun. So today we will be re re discussing. <laughs> re we will be reviewing, discussing, mulling over episode Interpolating. Interpolating episode nine of Forever Night season one. I will repay. And this week is actually gonna be a light week on episodes because we're not here. We are off on vacay. So I'm going to schedule these to release um, so you guys don't have to go too long without us. I'd hate for all five of our listeners. Actually, we have eight subscribers on Woo! Spotify. So I'd hate for all eight of our subscribers. Thank you to each and every one of you <laughs> uh, to go without hearing us for an entire We'd week. We'd love to hear from you. But we're not going to get our usual three a week. Yeah. But that's okay. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we need to play a clip from the... On a mother effing boat song. <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> we will be on a boat with kids. I don't know how much fun this vacation is going to be, but it's going to be a vacation of some description. And that's going to be what we're going to be on. So we will be back to our three a week, our usual three a week, starting the week after the first week of January. So the second full week of January. In case you're keeping score. That's when we'll be back. I saw week number two. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but that's okay. ISO is the standards organization. They have a standard for week numbers in International each Standards Organization? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Be funnier if it's like, I'm the standards organization. 
I standards organization. <laughs> Interpersonal standards organization. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, this episode was a little bit deeper than the previous episode. Oh, wait. I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. Clearly, I just wanted to leap into talking about this one. This is one of my more favorite episodes in season one, because we get a lot of Nat, and we get a lot of Nat doing not Nat things, because a lot of times Natalie is our, we're there to describe things to Natalie, we're there to tell stories to Natalie, Natalie is there to ask clarifying questions for the viewer. Right, she's the, she's the sage, she's the sounding board, yeah. she's the source of inspiration for Nick to go, oh, I have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she gets to be the audience shill a lot of the time because she's the human that knows about the vampire. So she gets to ask all of the clarifying questions we would like to ask. But we don't get that in this episode. Natalie acts very autonomously in this episode. And she will start to act far more autonomously from here on out. But we start because out... Because of the trauma. Because, well, because I think um, they wanted her to have a bigger role. And to do that, she needed to have more of a character. Right. Uh, so she gets a brother in this episode, which we've never previously mentioned. But his car is broken down and she stops to help him. Uh, When's the last time you put coolant in this thing? I don't know. Come on, let's go. I'm in a hurry. You're always in a hurry, but you never get there. Natalie, you're starting to sound like mom. I'm already 10 minutes late. Come on. Oh, wow. A whole 10 minutes. I get a chance to put Saul Craven away for good. And so she drives him to the police station. And in the meantime, someone in the police station has taken somebody hostage. Shit's gone down in the police station. And this bad guy's got a police officer's gun. Yep. Holding the police officer hostage and trying to get out the door. Yep. And just and in comes Richie. Yep. In comes Richie. And Richie, instead of just backing out the door, decides he's going to be the hero and stop this guy from shooting anybody else by um, getting shot himself. So Richie gets shot and Natalie walks in and she and Nick share a look. And that's the opening is surprise. Natalie's got a brother and surprise. He's been shot. Oh shit. What are we going to do now? So you'd think maybe this episode was about, I don't know, um, finding prosecuting the guy who shot Richie. Oh no. Oh no. No, no, that's not what this episode's about. It's slightly about there is a key witness in a mob-related trial or in a organized crime-related trial of some description, and they're trying to convince her to testify at the trial, and that's why Richie was going there. But now that Richie's been shot, there's absolutely no way she's she's going right. to trust she the police the to keep her safe. Right, she was the only one that, or Richie was the only one that she trusted. Yeah. And now he's he was not even safe. 
right in the police station how are the police going to protect her when there's bigger guns coming after her right exactly but richie's richie is now in the hospital in the icu in the icu and even though he got shot once it must have been a real real strategic shot because it destroyed a bunch of his internal organs and shit does not look good and natalie is not handling it well richie can you hear me not if i could have done anything i know richie you idiot He didn't have to be there, you know. His car broke down. If he hadn't caught me at home... He would have taken a cab or ran to the station. Matt, it's not your fault. I know that. Why couldn't he have just stayed out of it? He had to be the hero. She's not handling it well. This is her only brother, who we all just discovered. She may have just discovered about him. The first time she picked surprise, up the script. You have surprise. a brother. Surprise. You don't have a brother anymore. Right. So she's upset. And it turns out, of course, he has a wife and a small child, which this child looks a little bit too old to be acting the age of the child that she's supposed to be. At. She's got like a dolly, a doll. And she's like, how's daddy? But she looks like she's maybe eight. I don't know. Maybe children were younger than in the 90s in the 90s uh anyway she's just supposed to be sort of a uh a sympathy driving device right. which is what she is and so is the wife and nick comes to visit natalie in the hospital and she gets a couple sweet little anecdotes about you know richie was always the good guy we called him the white knight well anyway she's just selling richie to nick because I think even in the very beginning, she's got sort of a master plan for what might happen if if the worst comes to pass, which is Richie's not going to get better. Uh, and the Richie's wife walks in and because she hears a male voice and she thinks Richie's awake. And I mean, this whole episode doesn't have a whole lot of twisty turnies i mean there's not a lot of investigation right, it's pretty straightforward it's pretty straightforward. you kind of hear peripherally about things in the background yeah about the investigation against the mob people but yeah and so richie i mean basically richie's dying that's the first third of the episode and nat is not happy about it and she knows somebody that can do something about it right so she goes to see Nick, and Nick has just gotten out of his sunbed. No, that's a later episode, sorry. And Nick is sort of looming about the apartment, as Nick does. And I think we use a little bit more of our filler uh, filler footage yeah, in this Nick episode. Yeah, just hanging out in his apartment. Yeah, just hanging out. And she shows up, and he's playing the piano. And we get this dramatic, like, he's in the foreground sitting at the piano, and there's a glass of blood on the piano and she's standing there crying and pleading her case I've been thinking this through and it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't he doesn't deserve to die Nick I know he's a good man you don't have to tell me that he's got a, he's got a wife and a baby 
I don't think Sarah's going to survive this. <laughs> like, Richie's a good guy. He deserves to live. And he's not going to become a bad guy just because you make him a vampire. And Nick's You like, do it. How hard can it be? And Nick's like, that's basically the fucking definition of becoming a vampire is you automatically become the bad guy. You know that, and I know that. But I can offer him that is not life. Oh, come on, Nick. I've known you for a year and a half. I'd say you were alive. In fact, I'd say you had a pretty good life. You're human. You've got feelings. You've, you've got emotions. I've, I've seen you laugh. I've seen you get angry. I've seen you show compassion. Yeah, those are human qualities now, but I'm not human. And she's like, well, you're not the bad guy. You're not evil. And we get one of my favorite lines, which is she tells him, you know, you're, what happened to your humanity? Or I thought you had at least some humanity. And he goes, no, you, you were the only one who ever Here, thought I did. Let me do it for you. I have never asked you for anything but this. Don't you have any humanity? I don't know. You're the only one who ever thought I did. And I think the whole purpose of this episode, partly to drive Natalie's character a little bit forward, but is also to show us how hard, how fucking hard Nick is working all the time. Right. Gives us a point of reference for what it's actually like to be a vampire and how hard Nick has to work every moment to not be a monster. Right. Because he's trying to gently tell Natalie that this is a really fucking terrible idea he, this is the worst possible idea. this is worse than the shakes this is worse than the garlic pills this is worse than every other idea that she has come up with yet he's not gonna do it and of course he conveniently has he a flashback it. well he does it but he conveniently has a flashback about a situation that he's been in in the past that was similar to this Big hey, when you live long enough shocked. yeah our history repeats itself for nick a lot so he remembers this woman, a leper, who got stabbed on the beach. And he finds her as the tide's coming in, and he kind of dramatically carries her up to this fishing shack. And he's confronted with the same choice. She's dying, and he has the chance to save her. And so he wakes her up, and he's like, I I'll do this, but and I'll, you know, I'll teach you how to feed, but you have to, you can't go off and be an asshole. Got it? And she's like, oh, yeah, totally. Come on now. It's never an asshole. I, I just, but she's completely fascinated by the idea of becoming beautiful again. Yes. She's like, but will I be beautiful again? And he's like, well, yeah, obviously. You'll be beautiful again, but you'll be alive. And she's like, okay, no, but the point here is, will I be beautiful again? And he's like, um, yeah, yeah I guess. And she's like, then sold. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Now yeah, I want to yeah. do the important things. And she's yeah. Like, All right. She's like, okay, no, I got what I wanted. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty again. And so then they go back to the the back to the future. And <laughs> Nick has decided, like, okay. Okay. And he goes to talk to Jeanette about it. And he's like, Jeanette, have you ever have you ever done it? Have you ever made anybody into a vampire? And she's like, well. She's tried. I've tried. She's like, but mm, I can never hold back. Uh, I'm too hungry. I'm too thirsty. <laughs> I'm too thirsty for that shit. <laughs> She's like, no, I can't stop. She's and never she been goes, able to stop herself in time. And then my my promise of eternal life is broken. 
Um, but by then, there's nobody to apologize to. She's like, so whatever. <laughs> I guess I'm just too much to button. I can't bring myself to stop until they are drained and I'm satisfied. My promise of eternal life is broken. But by then, there is no one left to apologize. She's never had a bad experience. Yeah, the she's whole like, thing. Um, I've always come out the other side fine. The people that I've tried to turn, not so much. And she does allude to the fact that, like, if you do this, this is like a lifelong commitment. This is having a child. This is having a vampire child. Right. And you will be saddled with the responsibility of their behavior and their teaching and their whatever from here until eternity. And are you willing to do that? And he's like, um... Yeah, 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 whatever. Okay, sure. Now yeah, maybe. The important I mean, stuff. it's not like Lacroix had a hard time of it or anything, even though he spent six hundred years following me around trying to convince <laughs> me to, to quit trying to become a human. Uh, which I did watch a um, interview with Nigel Bennett okay. the other day, and I'll have to find it. And he's talking about how um, how he views how he acts Lacroix or how he like. The point of view that he uses to influence the way that he acts as Lacroix when he's acting with Nicholas and Jeanette, um, Garrett and Deborah. And he said he just thinks of them as this is my little girl and this is my little boy. <laughs> Which is fair. I can see yeah. that totally. Yeah, that totally comes off. Um, and it works. It works. It works. Like this is my teenager. This is my my rebellious son and my... Right. Um, less rebellious daughter who I'm super proud of because she's like a bloodthirsty uh, badass and I'm super excited for Jeanette at every moment of the day but less so for Nick and so Nick is confronted with now becoming the father that he so disliked so disliked that he stabbed him and killed him Uh, but anyway he goes to the hospital and uh, Natalie's there and she's like, it's, it's not good. It's not good. He's not going to pull through. And Nick's right. like, she's really pulling the guilt strings. I know. And Nick. she's like, I, everything that I've done for you after all I have done for you, Nick, I've never asked you for anything. I've never asked you for anything. Just this one thing. And he's like, you don't even know what you're asking, but fine, fine. We'll give it a shot just so you'll shut up about it. So he does. He turns Richie into a vampire, which is a very painless process, really. I mean, he just uh, feeds from him for like two seconds, and then, oh, which conveniently Richie's heart stops like as soon as Nick arrives, and so it forces his hand like he has to do it right in that moment. Now's the time. Now's the time, and he stops. He like pulls back, and the heart is still not beating, and Natalie's like. You, oh no, you're you too fa- late. You failed. We were too late. It didn't work. And he gets like one heartbeat, like boop boop. And Nick's like, and then get one. again. It's like Nick's like, he'll get one of those every 10 minutes or so. <laughs> and Natalie's like, thank God. And so then they take Richie home. And they have to bluff their way out of the hospital. Yeah, they have to bluff their way out of the hospital, which is by saying this body is part of an ongoing criminal this investigation. This is super hand wavy. Like he flashes yeah. his badge, she flashes her badge. Everyone just looks confused. It doesn't make any sense because then we go to the apartment and it's clearly the same day. 
Nick is wearing the same clothes. Natalie's wearing the same clothes. Everyone's wearing the same clothes. But somehow, they've already had a funeral for Richie and buried a homeless man with no family or friends in Richie's grave. Which... Wow. Wow. Guys. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. But we, <laughs> we, we established We'd... pretty hard in the pilot. Nick is a... Uh, ally supporter yeah Nick is an ally of the homeless yeah and or he's an ally of the people experiencing homelessness yeah. in the city yeah and he's he treats them like people and he goes and talks to them like a person and he hangs because out with them are. and yeah. he gets them things and whatever yeah but then he's like, "Oh, but we just uh, we stuck we stuck We've, a dude. We, we, we just, found we found a guy. We just found a guy. We put him in your. It's fine. It's fine. Don't even don't there, ask there questions. There was just some transient whatever. Certainly, don't ask questions questions about how we did all this in a day, and how we buried a body that we just claimed was part of an active criminal investigation. The same day. The same day when it would normally be kept until the investigation. Right. No kept on ice in the it. morgue. Yeah. Uh okay. Anyway. So, uh, but Richie hasn't woken up yet. And they're explaining to the wife, Sarah, I think is her name. They're explaining to her about, um, so Richie's a vampire. And we had that really nice funeral, but it was all a lie. And pretty soon he'll be able to come back to you and everything will be just like it was before. And well, except he, he needs a new identity. He'll need a new job, whatever. Yeah. We don't really talk about that, though. Yeah. We're just pretty much like, well, there's a couple things he'll have to change, but really his life can be mostly like it was before. And uh, Nick is just in the background like, this isn't going to go bullshit. Well. This is all bullshit. And Natalie uh, alludes to Nick. She's like, well, Nick's a nice guy. You know him. He's a vampire. And Nick's like, yeah, yep. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't do the fang flash. He doesn't do the eye flash. He's just like, uh, yep, I'm a vampire. And he just sits there like, believe it, because I'm not performing. Like, I'm I'm not performing right now. This is the Nick show is closed. <laughs> and then right. you, he did. He did not support this action. No, uh, he did it. He did it because he wanted to support Natalie. And I think as a way of illustrating to Natalie exactly what she is asking i think it right. to us to show natalie what what it's actually like yeah but also like once she sees it also to convey to her how much he trusts her and how much he, she means to him that he would go through with something this terrible yeah for her because she asked. Right. I, I think he thinks that there is a shot. A shot. There's a chance. There's a chance that Richie could make it. But I do think this revealed to him Natalie's miscomprehension, her inability to really understand what it is that he is. Right. And what it is that she is trying to cure, who he really is. She did not know how much of a monster he could be because she's never seen him like that. Right. And so he, I think this is partly his way of being 
uh, of showing her, like, you want this. Well, I'll give it to you, but you don't know what you're asking for. And so they're all sitting there, and you hear a noise from upstairs. And Nick gets up, and he grabs a bottle, and he heads upstairs. And he tells them, you guys got to get out. Just leave. I'll call you later, but you can't be here right now. And so he gives the bottle of blood to Richie, and Richie apparently chugs the whole thing because he, like, tosses it off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a loophole. Not a loophole, I don't know. A, uh, a hole. A mythology. A mythology hole here. Because in the third season, we discover that there is another type of vampire. And they're considered, like, a lower type of vampire. And they're called the Karush. And they are vampires that feed on non-human blood for their first meal. So if this is really cow, and Nick gave him cow, then he made Richie into a Karoosh, which he isn't, because he's they look different. more than happy to feed on humans. Uh, spoiler alert here very shortly. And they don't look that, no, they don't look different, but they don't oh. hunger for human blood. Oh, okay. They aren't interested in human blood. Although Screed, who is our only Karoosh that we really meet, he's he's fine with compromising. He, he'll go for humans if everybody else is doing it. But that's not his preferred uh, fare. Okay. So I guess this is sort of a, we're still in season one. This is still in our original, um, our original production team. So we haven't done the shakeup that we're going to get in season two, and we haven't done the shakeup we're going to get from season two to three. So we can just sort of ignore the fact that this is a bit of a loophole. Uh, so he tells Richie, like, you're going to be, you can't go out in the sun. You can't look at crosses. Um, and he's like, well, my wife has a cross. He goes, well, you're just going to have to get rid of it. And then he says the or thing about garlic. They already got it from her. He's like, garlic will repel you. And he's like, <laughs> garlic? Which fair? The garlic one I've, ne- I've never really gotten. Why garlic? I it's always interesting when they include it and when they don't include it. Because we have a whole host. We kind of have a checklist of vampire weaknesses. And some go for all of them. And some go for some of them. Some go for none of them. Usually we do sunlight. Generally do right. at least a stake to the heart. Sometimes it's wood. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You just have to destroy the heart. Um, we generally do crosses, um, which I love it when they include other religious symbols as well. Yes. And it's simply just faith or belief that repels them. Um, my favorite one is can't cross the threshold without being invited. Mm-hmm. But that one gets ditched because a lot of times it's impractical. But I do like that one. It's impractical for the writers, like monster vampire stories. Yeah. Because. These people go home, and then the monster has to break into their home, right, to pursue them. Which it's more fun when they it allows them to be creative. Like, yes, they can't come in, but can they throw things in the window? Can they light your house on fire while you're inside of it? It 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 opens up a lot of creativity, which is why it's one of my favorites. But I've always found it interesting when they choose to include garlic because it's like right. it's like capes on superheroes. It ends up being ridiculous. I mean, it's cool, kind of, I guess, but with no real purpose, it just ends up being 
uh, it opens it up for ridicule, I guess. But which Richie picks up immediately. He thinks that's hysterical. And Nick's like, is this a fucking game to you, Richie? <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick is not amused. Verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> He's not amused. Not amused at all. He's like, head in the game. This is going to be hard. No, not, I'm not going to lie to you. This is hard. And if you want to be good at this, you're going to have to work for it. If you want to be good, you're going to have to work for it. Sarah and Amy, when can I see them? When you're ready. What do you mean when I'm ready? Your urges and desires will always fight your reason. You have to control them. And Richie's like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And then Nick's like, cool, you got it? Great, I'm going to work. See you later, Richie, right. bye! This was, this was the biggest plot hole for me in yeah. the episode was Nick is, like, hyping how hard this is going to be for Richie to adapt. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's going to have to learn. He's going to have to work at this. This is going to be a constant thing, like, for the rest of his existence. <laughs> Oh, I'll repeat that once Pippin stops hacking or whatever. Harfing? What are you doing over there? <laughs> got something in his nose. I think he's done. I think he's done. Maybe the laser went up his nose. I think he's done. Okay, go ahead. All right, so Nick is like hyping up to Richie how hard this is going to be. He's hyping up to Natalie how hard this is going to be. He's hyping up to Richie's wife how hard this is going to be. But it's possible that he can pull it off. Richard, don't make me sorry. And then he's just like, bye. Peace. Peace. I'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, you know, blood's in the fridge. Uh, stick it in the microwave, whatever, yeah. be good. Catch you later, son. Don't go outside. Yeah, don't go outside. Um, do you think he was setting Richie up for failure? No, I think the it's probably the writers forcing the issue. Yeah. By having Nick just kind of switch. Like, oh, I'm... I'm hyping all this stuff up about how hard this is going to be for Richie. But then, well, now uh, we need a scene at the police station and Nick needs to be there. Uh, well, Nick can just be there. Whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of a... And that leaves Richie alone to make some plot happen. Right. And Nick and Natalie, because it could have easily taken this day off. Her brother just died. He just had a funeral, like a whirlwind funeral, like a shotgun funeral, a right. whirlwind funeral. Um, she could have taken the day off and Nick could have said he was taking the day off because it's, it's fairly well known that he and Natalie have at least yes. a deep friendship. Yeah. They're very um, good friends. Yeah. It's completely understandable that he would take time off. Because of Natalie's brother passing away. Right. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, I think this is also supposed to highlight Nick's inexperience. The fact that he's never really his walked anybody naivete. through this before. His naivete. His belief, his belief that people are better than they actually are. Which we've covered several times I know before. what it's like to be a reckless optimist. Yeah. He's a reckless optimist. He, he thinks Richie's going to be able to handle it. 
Um, and Richie can't. Richie can't handle it. He can't do it. But we get kind of a sweet scene at the precinct. What? Hadley. It's good that you can accept death. It's going to happen to us all, right? Yeah, that's what they say. I remember when Myra's mother died. It took her a long time to get over it. But then one day it was like she realized it's the way of the world. It's the way things are supposed to be. Where Skanky's trying to put together a bouquet of flowers. Aww. And Nick picks up a tiny, like, broken off bud. And he's holding it for the next several scenes. He's, like, putting it against his face and, like, rubbing it on his chin. Which is kind of sweet. that They carry that through that he has this tiny little, like, carnation Mm -hmm. that he's carrying. Um, and he gives the flowers to Natalie and he's like, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. And she goes, for what? Right. And because he's like, uh, your brother. And she's like, oh yes. Super sad. Thank you. Thank you. He's, he's deeply missed. Mad tears. Yo. Yeah. Because, uh, she didn't lose him. He's still around. Right. She, she is not behaving yeah. like someone who just lost a brother. But I think Skanky feels so awkward that he doesn't notice. Yeah. She's not behaving like someone whose brother just got turned into a blood-sucking monster either. Which is why it makes me wonder if... I know that probably this is just a... We're we're looking into this too deeply thing. But it would make a lot of sense for Nick to be setting Richie up for failure. because Just to educate Natalie. Just to educate Natalie. Because... Uh, Richie goes on a reign of terror. He leaves and he is dropping bodies. He's killing. They're uh, mostly bad guys. They're mostly bad. Except. Mostly bad guys. Except. Yeah. He ends up finding the mob guy who would have, he would have taken down in court had he not died. Right. And he kills him, all of his friends. But in and the meantime, this crew yeah. captured Valerie and Vanessa. Yeah, the lady who was going to testify. The lady who was them. going to testify was being held captive yeah. with them. And she got caught he up kills her in too. the blood spree. Yeah, he kills her too. And Nick walks in to find all of them dead with very, uh, very big puncture marks. Like he's got freaking well, mm, elephant tusks. You know, so, some some guys are more well endowed, and you <laughs> he's can't. Got, he's got girth. He's got girth. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to Kate's t-shirt. <laughs> girth. He's got girth. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're significant. And Nick's like, oh shit, I know what this is. And so Jeanette's pissed. She's like, he threatens to expose all of us. You you didn't. Did you? Did you seriously do it? And Nick's like, well, I maybe did it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was that other guy. No, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was my cousin, uh, Rick. <laughs> Rickolas. <laughs> Ricola. Ricola. <laughs> Jeanette is pissed. She's like, didn't we have the talk about how you're going to have to be a mortal daddy forever? Right. She's high key mad at him. Yeah. And you learned about that when you Googled it the other day. (laughs) If I I want to learn these phrases, I need to practice them. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to be on like TikTok because they change so fast. Heike could already be out. 
We could be like months behind. Anyway, uh, he's like, look, I get it. I get it. Rick made a mistake. I'll talk to him about it when I see him. But could you, you know, I don't know, just point me in the right direction as to where this guy might be. And she's like, uh, he's your fucking problem. So you better fucking solve it. Don't look at me. I'm not going to do it for you. This is your homework. <laughs> Was this the scene where they had the, um, like, very passionate kiss, too? Does he kiss her before he leaves? It's one of the, I think it's one of the scenes in this episode. He's there, and then they're talking animatedly, and then they have, like, a full tongue kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They all and, blend. And then he leaves. I kind of black out when they have like kissing scenes because Garrett, Garrett goes for it. Yes. And it's, it's, it's great. It's passionate, but he eats the other person's face. He's just like, <laughs> how? He does and um, I, I find them uncomfortable. So I black out a little bit, just like it's mental static when we're going through it, just to get me through it. And then I, I like it better when we do like uh, lead up to a kiss where they're like kind of nuzzle, like hugging or whatever, where they get kind of like physical, but we haven't, we're not actually. Right. Jeanette and Nick's chemistry is not, there's no foreplay. No. There's just jumping right into the fuck me energy right because it's it's heavy fuck me energy it's not heavy i love you energy um that's just who they are it's because they can be themselves with each other right uh he can't be himself with natalie which is what we're learning in this episode we're learning how um violent and how wild and feral a vampire really can be because he goes back to his apartment and Richie is there. And Richie's like, um, you gave me the power to do everything I ever wanted to do. I can take out any bad guy I want to take out. I have no limits now. And Nick's like, oh, is that is that why you killed the innocent woman? And he's like, Psh, she wasn't that innocent. So we get into the robot conundrum, the... Um, what is it you can only kill? Oh, it's the Santa Claus in... Um, the Santa Claus and Futurama. Somebody built a Santa Claus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, they gave him the ability to judge who was naughty and who was nice, but set his standards so high that nobody's nice. Everybody's naughty. Yeah. So everybody has to hide on Christmas Eve to keep from being killed by Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's Richie right now. He's like nobody's. Everybody's got a little bit of something, something. And uh, I'm going to be destroying anyone who's even remotely evil. And that doesn't make me evil. And I don't need to reconcile that. And so he does this thing where he like flies up to the second story and he's like perched on the edge of the, like the railing, like leaning out. Yeah, it's and a nice effect. Nick's trying to have a civil conversation with him while he's like <laughs> fangs out, eyes glowing at a 45 degree angle, hovered up above him. Um, and Natalie is also there and she's trying to reason with him. She's like, come on, Richie, this isn't you. This isn't who you are. And I have to imagine Nick's like, well, it's who he is now. This is what you wanted, Natalie. It's a transformative look, process. Look, Natalie, this is what you wanted. Do you like it? Do you like my gift? My brother did all that. My 
God, what happened to him? He couldn't control what he truly wanted to do. He wanted to make the streets safe. But all those people... Yeah, well, he's not the man he used to be, is he, Nat? He's lost some of his humanity. Well, how are we going to find him? Do you like it, Natalie? I, I made this for you. I, I make this. <laughs> you like this? No one likes this. This, this isn't Richie. Yeah. This is a lesson. <laughs> uh, which is all fine and dandy until his wife shows up. And she's like, oh, shit, the uninitiated. So she grabs him and kind of pulls them both over into the sun, even though the blinds aren't up. Right. Um, Nat- Natalie has her... Her situational awareness is on point. Yeah. She's like, okay, come on over here, Sarah. We're going to go stand over here where you can't come get us. And she goes to go get the crucifix because now Nick and Richie are battling it out. And Richie is owning Nick. Because Nick has the only human blood Nick has had in the past, I don't know, six months. is Richie's. Is Richie. Yeah. And it wasn't much. And Nikki just drank like eight people. Richie. What did I call him? Nikki. Oh, okay. I was like, Nikki, well, okay, we called Nick Nikki. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, Richie just yeah. ate like half just the drank fucking city. Eight people. Yeah. Yeah. He's and been he's, busy. He's uh running heavy on some blood right now. Yeah, this is another thing where later Nick gets established as far stronger. And far more resilient than younger vampires. But that's not going to be till season three. Right. They they probably revamped the mythology. Re- revamped. Either that or this is another moment of, look, Natalie, look what he's doing. Right. Do you think he's got human in him still? Do you think he's still a little bit human? Just like me? Like you see the human in me? I think he's trying to show Natalie how much he has worked to maintain and regain his humanity and his morality. Right. I think Natalie makes another comment about his humanity and he he says something about well I had 800 years to get here. Yeah. But Richie's still like raw from the transformation. Right. And so he's beating up Nick and he ends up like shoving Nick's face into um, Joan of Arc's cross, which was a nice callback. Okay. Yeah. This is the first thing that has carried over from a previous episode. Uh, so he gets his face burned on that. And then um, we do end up, he throws Nick into the table and breaks the table. And Nick uses the table leg to stake Richie because he's trying to lure his wife over and he's hypnotizing his wife because he's planning on killing her. And so to save her and to um, end Richie's reign of terror, he stakes Richie. And Richie like glows brightly for a second and then just goes (laughs) and just disappears. Right. Which must be uh, the older you are, the longer it takes to die Uh, kind of thing. I don't know. This reminds me of, there's another British miniseries called Ultraviolet, and it's really good. In fact, I think it has Idris Elba in it. It has a lot of big name people in it, but it's quite old and it's hard to find. But it's a very serious, very well done miniseries about um, like this underground group of um, British officials, British military, British police, whatever, that find and defeat vampires. 
And the whole thing is really well done, super serious. But every time they stake them, they literally explode, like comically explode. Like Michael Bay explode. <laughs> like Michael Bay explode. And it takes you out of it every single time. And actually, you know, Bill the Vampire from True Blood. Yeah. He's a vampire in that. I think you've shown me that. And uh, Captain or Admiral Norrington from the Pirates of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean series is in it. And I love how I don't know their names. I just know what they're in. And Jane from the BBC miniseries of Pride and Prejudice is in it. And I think Idris Elba is in it. But a lot of really, it's a good, it's good. If you, if you're listening to this, everyone should be listening to this. But if you're listening to this, seek it out. Find it. Fabulous. It's fabulous. Except the part where the vampires explode. Right. BBC Ultraviolet. BBC Ultraviolet miniseries. Super short, easy to consume, hard to find. Um, but that's what he does. He does this weird, like, glowy, explodey. I know, Pippin, because he knows we're busy. And then Nick has to wipe poor Richie's wife's memory, which poor Sarah, poor Richie's wife. Her husband was shot. She thought he died. Psych, he didn't die. He got turned into Her a vampire. Her husband, the really good guy yeah works as a like public defender has rejected job offers yeah for you know five times as much money yep and he dies trying to be a good guy yeah and then you mean he's still alive he's still here we can be together again and then Psych. Uh, no, now he's a murdering monster dude. He went around on a killing spree and he tried to kill you. And I had to stake him in the heart and he exploded into ash and right in front of me. And you. this whole thing was just kind of a, he was a pawn in this whole thing between me and Natalie. And sorry, you had to get Look, involved. I, I'm sorry, Rick took it upon himself to do this, but I'm going to talk to him. He's not going to do this again. R Ricola. Was having some impulse control problems. Yeah, Nick, Nick will talk to him. Uh, but Nick hypnotizes her into believing that he died. He really did just die. The whole vampire thing was like a bad dream. And she's she comes out of it, and she's fine. Natalie was like, she's not going to be able to handle it. It's going to kill her. And she's like, well, yeah, this really sucks. This really sucks. But I have to be strong for our daughter. Which the daughter's name might be Sarah. Might be off this entire time. If I am, you know what? I deeply apologize. Um, but she's like, I, I, I'm gonna. We're gonna get through this. It's not gonna be amazing, but we're gonna get through this. And Natalie's like, Well, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I'm glad you're. I'll be here for you if you need me. And I definitely didn't try to have my brother turned into an evil monster. So I got that going for me. And then she leaves. And kind of that's the end of the episode. I mean, it's, we've gotten our lesson. Nick has illustrated to Natalie exactly what he's up against. We've illustrated to the audience exactly what Nick is up against. And this was a good establishing episode for everybody. Because now Nat really does have to mourn. Her brother really is gone. Right, she was able to kind of deceive herself for a little while. Yeah, that he wasn't actually going to die. Yeah, 
And she actually has realized what she's up against a little bit. Right. This isn't the quick fix. Yeah, that this isn't the... Um, we haven't watched it yet, but there's an episode later where they're discussing his condition, and he says, it's supernatural. And she goes, no, no. It's, it's all biological. It can be fixed. And I think this is Nick being like, um, it maybe is a little bit both. Like, maybe it changes who I am physically, but there's more to it than that. Like, there are instincts and drives and appetites and stuff that I am, shit that I am up against, that you have no conception of what that would be like. And so Natalie leaves it a little bit more enlightened, and Nick doesn't change at all. So, status quo, really. (laughs) (laughs) Standard 90s syndicated show. Yeah, we end how we began. Um, And so the next episode is... uh, Episode 10. It is episode 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Dead air. This is a pretty good one. Um, It's a good one. I think you're going to like this one. We're back to something a little bit fluffier. Is this the Vampire Airline? Dead Air? Yeah. No. Darn. But I'm going to let you think that because that sounds like an... I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Every single plane is named after the ship. No, no, hold on. Hold on. From Dracula? Who said anything about planes? <laughs> this is vampires with backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hop on. Two people can fit on my back. One of my like, like when you carry twins in the carriers. Oh yeah, one, one, on, front, one on the front, one, one on the back. back. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> like in, I, I uh, just, I just put that in your mind. Thank you. Like when he was You're carrying welcome. Denise. Denise. Yes. Yeah, the psychic. <laughs> There's a fifty-fifty chance one of you isn't going to make it there. Just. <laughs> Just depending on whether it's long enough that I need an in-flight snack. <laughs> and, and neither of us might get, none of us might get there if we leave too late <laughs> and it's a long flight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or the layovers are killer. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead there. Okay. Because wow. you have to wait till the sun goes down. <laughs> uh, if you take garlic snacks. Like you take. Oh uh, yeah, as a preventative measure. Yeah. No, it just is like a you you whip out a pack of like garlic flavored pretzels. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you get dropped. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a later episode where Nick gets shot with a hollow point bullet full of garlic. Wow. Yeah, and Natalie cleans it out, and she's like, "Has the irritation stopped?" And he's like, "If you mean, does it no longer feel like I'm being stung by a thousand scorpions all at once?" Then yes, the irritation has stopped. oh yeah all right well next up we'll be doing um everything everywhere all at once right for the movie for the movies but that isn't coming until after we get back from being on a boat being on vacation on a boat uh which we will be doing and then we will be coming back from and then we'll be getting back into it I don't know. What did you have a feeling about this episode? I didn't just ask you any blank like blank uh, check questions. I felt like this episode was all the plot was really predictable. 
Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Just for the narrative, it's kind of necessary to have this kind of episode to for character growth. Yeah. For, for like Natalie's character development. Not necessarily Nick, but maybe like just Nick disclosing more things to Natalie. Yeah. Um, and maybe deepening their relationship, pulling her deeper into the mythology. And I think we were raising the stakes for the viewer. I think that's what this episode was all about because we yeah. hadn't had a good, we've got Nick. We know he's a vampire and we know Jeanette is a vampire, but she's, she's all in being a vampire, but she's a tame, a relatively tame vampire because she likes having a life. She likes to stay in one place for a certain amount of time. And so we hadn't got a, what is an unleashed vampire like? And so I think this was an establishing episode for the audience because we were getting a truly unleashed vampire. Yes. No inhibitions. Well, it's kind of, I don't know. There's not a real good punctuation mark. I guess there is because he dies, but we don't really get like a conclusion. And the sad thing is because this is a 90s television show, we're not going to talk about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to revisit it really. Um, which is, you know, I, I like them being short and self-contained, but sometimes you're like, oh, I'd love to see the long-term effects of this on their relationship. Right. Like, are we ever even going to reference this again? Yeah. And probably, probably not. not. So uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We do keep things. We keep long story arcs going from post to post. On our Instagram, and that is going to be at Strange and Beautiful Book Club. You can also find us on Patreon at Strange and Beautiful Book Club. And if you want convenient links to all of these things, you can go to strangeandbeautiful.club, which is our website. And I have all the links up on there. We are working on getting a third mic. So if you want to just jam over to the Patreon, hop on one of our tiers. That'll help out speed that'll, things up. That'll help us get our third mic. We can get a guest, some guest speakers. Uh, Matt can weigh in on our book talks with Kate and uh, throw his male gaze yeah, onto since, our... Since I read the first yeah. uh, book, A Court yeah. of Thorns and Roses, you and I'm, I'm working on the second book. Yeah, and I feel like you would have a lot to bring to the discussion as someone who hasn't read that type of book before. There is that one series that I read that I thought was just high fantasy with relationships. <laughs> and you were like, oh, she's a romance author. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why there was so much more graphic sex scenes than I've ever read in any other book ever. <laughs> I love how you wandered into that blind. You're like, oh, high fantasy, sweet. <laughs> Yeah, there's wow. like six books in the series. Wow, there's a cool. lot of cocks in this. <laughs> Why is he cramping his wow. back again? Why are the sex scenes like six pages long? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a bad thing. No. No. So anyway, long story short, if you want to hear more conversations like that, help us get that third mic. Uh, anything but the first tier gets you access to our Discord channel. So you can chat with us in 
IRL, sort of. Discord IRL. D-I-R-L? I don't know how you say that. Um, so far, we just talked to Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> um, which Ryan gets a lot of one-on-one interaction with Rachel and Matt, which is nice uh, for him. This could be you. This could be you. There's nobody in. It's a ghost town. It's Ryan and us. So if you wouldn't even be in line, you'd be like, you'd be getting in on the ground floor. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we start adding some more discussion. We start adding some more channels. Yeah, and I think we're going to have more specific conversations. We're going to try to do a live watch along of everything, everywhere, all at once. And unlike Scrooged, which we just did the watch along, um, I think we're going to come back and do uh, one of our usual breakdowns, too. I like the Scrooge one because it wasn't really a riff track. It was like a, I think I described it as an ASMR journey of watching the movie with friends. Yes. Yeah, which, you know what? That's good too. Sometimes it's a funny movie. I don't need to make it funnier. Bill Murray's fucking funny. Can't add to that. Just enjoy it along with somebody else. Someone you love, like Matt, or our Patreons who have joined at a tier high enough to be able to go onto the Discord. <laughs> Uh, if you want a link to that and if you want our submission form, all that good stuff, it's all on our website, strangeandbeautiful.club. I always put a link in the show notes. So if you forget, just go to the show notes. So you can click the link there. And I guess we'll just end it there. So Matt, want to do your thing? Remember, sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. So you can there now no, make your sound hold, hold, again. I'm not hearing anything. Oh, well, it's because you turned your thing all the way down. Ugh. Do you feel better now? I can hear me. Yeah, I think it's working now. Yeah, I think I can hear me now. Can you hear me I now? I turned it down when you were sampling the audio. Yeah, it was coming really loud out of my headphones. Sorry, but I wasn't wearing the headphones. Not sorry. You're only supposed to hear them when you're wearing them. It's like children. <laughs> <laughs> when, I'm pretty sure that's not children legal. should only be heard when they're spoken to. Oh, I thought you said when they when they were when you're wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hadn't finished the. Metaphor. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Hang on, let me scratch my eyes here. Oh, Pippin, what a wonder you have chosen to join us. Can you hear the sound of the soundboard getting turned on?
He can hear the electronic hum. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm glad to be getting on this. Do you want to go ahead and open the blinds for his lordship so he has nothing to rattle during the episode? We know you, Pippin. We know you of old. He's a what? He's surprisingly ingenious. Yeah, in what he finds to fuck around with? Yeah. Yeah. He's a cat. But he makes up for in... Oh. But he lacks in actual cunning. He makes up for in just sheer... Assholery. Assholery, yes. 